Hello and welcome to another episode of The Philosophy Guy. So given the title of this episode, I should probably start off by defining what the ego even is. Uh, the boring part, hopefully I can make it a little bit, a little spicy. So with the new kind of surge within the mindfulness movement here in the U.S. and in various parts of the world, the term ego has become this like loaded, loaded up term, Right. So you have your dictionary definition, which is a person's sense of self-esteem and self-importance. That's that's vague as fuck, right? So what do we mean or what do you mean? What do we even mean by self-esteem? So for example, if you receive a compliment and you say, hey friend, that, that was a, a, a nice boost to my ego. That means the comment raised your self-esteem. But why? Why is that? It involves defining the ego in some sense. What do you value that you are getting complimented on and and, and that then raises your ego? Why is that? More than other things, I guess I mean. So if someone applauds one of my episodes, for example, it does give me an ego boost. I'm succeeding at doing something I like because I value that thing. But if someone comes over to to my place and and lets me know something like, hey man, uh, you, you have a clean toilet. Good job cleaning that toilet. What, what is that going to do for me? That, that, that won't do much for me. I appreciate it, but I'll probably laugh at the randomness of the compliment. You know, where is that coming from? It doesn't boost my ego as much because my ego doesn't, doesn't highly value that as much. So that's kind of the, what we're going to try to understand the episode is the separation of those things. And get down to the nuance and the importance of, I would say, not escaping the ego. The ego is not the enemy. And that's what I'm going to essentially argue. So, as always, you can support the show by checking out the Patreon page. And, yeah, you can also leave reviews on iTunes if you're listening on iTunes. I'm also probably going to be putting this one up on YouTube. So, for there, you can just leave me an upvote or subscribe. But, yeah. Let's just dive into it and use the links below. You can check out the Discord and stuff and keep the chat going to discuss this episode. But let's enter the labyrinth. enjoy using the more kind of psychoanalysis version of defining the ego. It's essentially the part of your mind that creates your sense of reality. It's both the conscious and the unconscious. It's a combination of those two things that creates your personal identity, the sense of you, right? And maybe that's the important part to understand for this episode. The idea of it, it's being a sense of yourself, who I am, the sense of you being the hero of your story, the movie character is, is like the example that's commonly used, right? 
So the self-aware or the sense of being self-aware part of you that creates value, meaning, and a purpose for yourself. That's what we're talking about, or what I'm talking about, I guess. (laughs) So ego translates to the word I in Latin. It's the identity of your I. And I want to talk about ego today for many reasons. I think, because I kind of think it hits on uh, so many things that my listener base enjoys, that it's something I can bring in for everyone because I have like kind of a broad range of listeners in my listener base, right? So from just a practical perspective, you understand your ego and you understand your ego and your ego then allows you to understand yourself in a sense. It's like this customizable thing. It's so in the psychedelic community, having an ego death is is all the rage right now, right? Trust me, someone that partakes in those activities will be jumping at the goddamn bit to let you know about their ego death. That's that's the very common thing. And my current thing about ego is we've had this, this cultural shift where we've placed this, this negative perception around the ego. You know, I have a few examples. Ryan Holiday, for example, is the author that has really helped make Stoicism popular again. And he has a book talking about ego. He wrote a book, Ego is the Enemy. And that way of phrasing it really places this negative connotation around the ego in my mind. In my mind, it does. Like I don't, And I don't think it's well-founded. I think that's the wrong way to look at ego. And that's essentially what I'm arguing in this episode. It's the wrong way to see your ego. Ego is the enemy. Yes, the ego can create negative traits with your identity that it becomes your enemy. But calling ego the enemy is an oversimplification of a complicated matter, a complicated matter about yourself. That's the point. So I think that mindset leads to people running from their problems, running from their from their trauma even. Like, oh, I just... I just, I just need to escape my ego and then everything will be better. That's, that's not what it is. But if you're always running, you never face what you need to face. So I've come to believe that my ego is this identity of myself that is filled with my sense of purpose, values, meaning, and sense of reality. But that identity is constantly moving, flowing, being molded, altering perspectives, shifting values, evaluating its own self, that important aspect. So it's, it's not this idea that is, is purely negative at all. The way I've understood this for myself is the ego is the body's mechanism to move me towards survival. And there's various ways to look at that, how we do that. Because it's all about kind of operating in society, finding food, water, and shelter. And then once you have those things, you move towards purpose and sense of desire for happiness. So it's about understanding that aspect of the ego. So for example doing this podcast or doing this YouTube channel, doing my TikTok, whatever it is. People in general would say the the pursuit of knowledge is a worthy pursuit, right? Something to strive for. So I'm going to connect this to my like content creation. So to use for my personal example, and this podcast has helped motivate me to do that more. Content creation has motivated me to do that more. Sure, I, I would do it with or without the, the podcast, for example, I'd probably make content even if nobody listened, read, or watched. I would create the stuff to help me understand my views and perspectives better, to understand my sense of purpose, yada, 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 the list goes on and on, right? But goddamn, it absolutely feels good knowing people are listening, giving feedback, pushing my views, providing new perspectives, finding like-minded people. The list goes on and on of the benefits 
of, of this kind of thing that's feeding my ego. It's a balance of the ego in my mind. Knowing people look forward to my content motivates me to create more, research more. And then I see that as like this, as, as, as a benefit. And it's a benefit to my ego, but in a good way. And I'll kind of like explain that. So sure, that can be taken too far too, where, you know, the only reason someone creates something is the approval of others. Then it's your your ego. You're not really evaluating what it is you want. You're evaluating what others want from you. And that doesn't lead to happiness. That will lead you to a life of misery, doing things for others' approval. That doesn't lead to a inner inner sense of peace. So I hope you see what I'm trying to say in that it's about mastering your ego, understanding your ego, understanding things you 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 can create in yourself with your ego that can do harm. But you can also create things within the ego that helps you find happiness, purpose, and success. Whatever whatever that success looks like for you. Uh, and, and in a sense, I do see the ego as something kind of what you know uh, Freud talked about. It being the, the problem-solving mechanism. You determine action based on the identity you've created for yourself. So do you want to change your action? Well, that translates into you needing to look inward, knowing thyself, right? Who said that? To give, <laughs> to give a shout out to Socrates that I feel like I do every other episode. The ego is that conscious processing that helps you learn what actions you desire, what action might lead to a harm and punishment, what goals will, will, will take a long-term planning and the need to delay gratification to fulfill, fulfill a plan to achieve that end that idea. So I talk about the sense and the importance of mastering your ego, the balance of doing that thing, because you can, you can have a, a super ego in a sense. Maybe that's the best way to say it. this, the super ego that operates within the subconscious, because that has, so like, for example, you have a super ego, some, you know, I think you always kind of will have pieces of a super ego in a sense that has all these subconscious thoughts which are which are partially unconscious that causes conflict within yourself you're not at peace it begins distorting your view of reality think of the person that always likes to blame others for their failure as you know as thought it's always someone else's fault for why they didn't succeed or, or something along those lines the same goes for simply repressed memory and trauma. We bury it deep within our minds, avoiding facing the conflict. As we fear it, the fear the fear doesn't go away. It remains in the subconscious, where it then subconsciously controls our actions. So that's where the importance of mastering and understanding your ego comes into play. You gain almost like this, this sense of freedom to create your own future. Instead of being held to the whims of your your subconscious thoughts and desires. You move beyond that in some way. And so far, I've provided a very individualistic approach to this understanding of the ego and what creates the subconscious parts of it. But these subconscious parts, the shadow, as Carl Jung would like to call it, is also created by the culture and people that surround us. They influence that ego. They influence what you value. It's, it's that idea of you pursuing things that others want and not necessarily what you want. That idea. So think of, think of uh, like a, the, the guilt religion 
what they often provide. A, a religion built around guilt, such as Christianity, the taboo mindset around sex, that it, that it feeds you, it, it feeds the norm to you when you are most impressionable as, at a young age. It feeds you this guilt system. You know, for some, they never peer, peel those layers back. They stay within that system. And they always, there's always like this lack of, of awareness of the ego where they kind of just just accept it and let it control them, even if it's giving them a sense of guilt and not leading them to a sense of sense of peace and happiness. So that guilt is always operating within the shadow. That's my point and why it can have very negative aspects to it. So altering our actions based on an unfounded principle provided by religion, that unfounded principle being this, this taboo around sex. It's just simply made up. So, so we need to recognize when we've been simply provided a cultural rule that should be broken, if, if, if it's leading to your unhappiness. And that's the key. You know, I, I often question myself if I should tell, you know, make someone question their religion. Like, what if it's leading them to a sense of happiness? But then again, it's like, what is that, what is that viewpoint spreading to others? And that's something else that ego should probably consider. But that's a little bit of a side thought topic for another day. <laughs> but, but it's leading you into this kind of split sense of self. And I think religion is a good example. It's a split sense of self where you have your, I feel like your ego talking, you have this cultural, religious aspect combating with the ego. So you're not in a sense of peace. So when that, that conflict is, is there, the conflict is there, and we don't want to face that conflict, we push it down into our subconscious. And then it still operates within us, and we wonder why we're never at that sense of peace. And I think that's the important aspect. It's, you know, it's splitting your ego and allowing uncontrollable aspects of the ego to control your actions. So, and, and this is where I want to bring in more the more mystical mindfulness and psychedelic side of things, okay? Because the idea I just mentioned about the negative aspects of the ego, well, I think the groupings of people I just mentioned often focus on escaping the ego. So there's negative aspects of that too, probably. So you, you hear about the term ego death, right? And they think, oh, I, I just I just had an ego that's not I'm free. I'm free to to be whatever I want. You know, partially, but also partially no. So once one has an ego death, they have this sense of oneness, unity with all. Maybe you go into a, a, a knowing state where mystical aspects take place within yourself, a state that is humbling for many as you as you witness an aspect of your ego of your ego's desires to always make sense of what is happening in life. That is an ego desire with knowledge and and, and space, the universe and the cosmos. We desire knowing about those things and knowing the truth. But you realize we know very little. That mystical state of the mind where you feel like you move beyond the ego, you almost lose a notion of what is real, what is reality. And some come away from that experience and think they experience something more real. And that's a topic we're definitely going to get into in another day. But it's, it's when people describe the ego death, it's a humbling experience often that leads to understanding the importance uh, to a skeptical, curious, and a sense of wonder when you operate through life. So when, when you lose a sense of your identity for a time, a sense of self, and a sense of your ego. That's what it's kind of describing in, the, in those cases. But here's, here's a separation I often see when, when, with a discussion around that aspect. Because an ego death can be achieved through mindfulness, 
Um, some people do it through psychedelics. Some people just kind of have this awareness of their ego naturally, where it's almost like they have this small ego death where they realize the moldability of their ego by just having some traumatic thing happen in life or some realization or maybe even reading some profound book or some profound story. They realize they're kind of like the hero in their own story in a sense. So, But I still want to make this separation. So it's it's not about having an ego death and and leaving it dead, in my opinion. As I alluded to earlier, the ego is your driving force, energy, and, and motive. It's what creates your purpose. It's your thinking mechanism that determines how to accomplish your desires instead of simply having desire. Instead of just, just operating through life on a whim, essentially, it's, it's this more careful planning mechanism. So when when we think we can move beyond the ego as though it's, it's like this enemy, we allow a sneaky superego to come into play, in my opinion. You know, we think, oh, I'm, no, I'm this, I'm this egoless being of earth. No. <laughs> no, you're not. When we begin thinking that way, we allow our subconscious to control us even more. It's like this sneaky aspect to it. The purpose of understanding essentially how our ego bends, molds, and evolves throughout our lifetime. That is what an ego death can provide or an understanding of the ego can provide. So we begin looking inward and looking to understand our ego and what we want. And ego death creates that separation for us, which can be achieved through, like I said, meditation. And that separation makes you realize like, oh, damn, I can be whatever the fuck I want. There's something powerful in that, and there's something beautiful in that. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, is embrace your ego. You know, it's, it's not the enemy. There's, there's nothing inherently wrong with the ego. It's the customizable part of you, the customizable part of your identity. Love it. Make it the thing you want. A helpful friend to make, a helpful friend to take on life with. If you are into having a spiritual journey, maybe we shouldn't strive to kill the ego is what I'm trying to say. As though we have something to conquer. That's the ego talking when we feel like we have this this need to conquer something. Maybe awareness is the key to a happy life. And the ego is just another thing to be aware of in this strange existence. So I'm, I'm saying is, ego is not the enemy. The ego is your friend. Instead of being... This, this shouting voice in the void of your subconscious, make it your ally in this conscious life. But as always, thanks for listening. Thank you for the support. Do all the links below to help support the show. But get the fuck out of my lab right now. <laughs>